This week's episode of the award-winning, award-winning Here For It podcast is brought to you by Dog Walkers. It's an app for that. There is an app for that. I heard it's profitable. Um, And Tommy Lauren should probably look into the app. Because (gasps) apparently, um, Cardi B's latest feud is with one and only, the one and only, uh, Tommy Lauren. Um, They got into it over uh, Cardi B's recent political comments. And Tommy Lauren decided to stick her nose in somebody else's business and got dragged through all the Twitter streets about it. So you know Cardi B fans all they sit on Instagram and Facebook looking for a reason to drag. <laughs> it's like the shade room comments on one page. And they found one. Um <laughs> so all she did was at Cardi B one time initially. Uh Cardi B responded to that with uh I'll bitch, I'll dog walk you. <laughs> with nails. Let's take that let's take that into a context. <laughs> with nails. Bitch. Female dog. Right. Female dog. <laughs> I'll dog walk you. Mm-hmm. So I think that meant multiple things. I think I think it meant uh, she would one dog walk her as Oops. a dog, um, and then two beat that ass in these streets, and then three read on Twitter as in read a mud hole in your ass on this goddamn day on this goddamn Twitter feed. And she bloody gang, so don't be talking sideways. So, yeah, that's where I got... And so that's where I came in at. And I started living my life when I started reading And I was like, I did not know I was part of Barty Gang now. It's a, a new day for me. So, uh, mi gente siempre, I'm here for it. Ooh. Absolutely. Go for it. I'm in. My name is Ronald Matters. Follow me on the internet at Ronald Matters. And, of course, RonaldMatters.com. I am the Superman, T-H-E-E-S-U-P-A-M-A-N, a.k.a. Carmen Carrera's Baby Daddy, B.K.A. the Kingslayer with the Valerian Steel. And this is here for a lot of big words. The The who? The what? The who? The Valerian something? It's a Game of Thrones reference. I know you. Okay, wow. And we have a special guest this week. Introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. I am Jonathan Lasseter. You can follow me at MattJL, M-A-T-J-L on Twitter, or J.M. Uh, Lasseter, L-A-S-S-I-T-E-R-P-H-D on Instagram. Oh. Um, and I am a clinical psychologist. Yay! I was going to say, I don't know if you're going to introduce, because I'm very DC now. I'm like, so what do you do? Yeah. Very, so. <laughs> I, I'm a person. I'm, it's about more than what I do. It's about who I am. Wow. As a whole person. As a whole person. Oh, wow. And you not about who I fuck. <laughs> right. Not about who I fuck. I mean, in, all that's in there, but that's not what it's about. It, it's <laughs> in sure, Jen. Yeah. Sure. In <laughs> sure. If the ice has not been broken, it's about to be broken next. <laughs> Um, what was your worst experience with a doctor? So a lot of us have um, possibly, more than likely, had traumatic experiences with a doctor. We have a doctor present. And so um, I wanted us to recount our worst experiences with a doctor. Um, since I'm being pointed to, mm-hmm. my worst experience with a doctor, I, my practitioner um, in Memphis, I loved her. I was like, you know what? I walk in here and then... 10 to 15 minutes, I walk out the door. She's always helpful. She knows exactly what I'm going through. She even take notes about, like, okay, I'm here for sinus issues, but she's also, so have you been on any dates lately? Or are you doing that? You know, like, how's the work going? She wasn't just, you know, <clears throat> your symptoms say this, so I'm going to prescribe you this. Have a great day. And your copay is $50. Ooh, they'll be expensive. But So I walked in there and I said, Jennifer, I'm thinking about getting on prep. And she said, 
Woods Prep. Mm. Same story. And then um, she walked out and went back to her desk, and I, I was just dumbfounded. I was like, but Jennifer knows. I walk in here, Jennifer knows everything all the time. And wow, just as a black I wanted to get, come back to RonaldMatters.com and tell people, I don't know what your experience with your doctor's like, but my doctor, Jennifer, she knows everything. And you guys need to get a Jennifer in your life. Well, people do need a Jennifer. But I was surprised that, that I stumped her. <laughs> yeah, a, care, a caring doctor who's not just, okay, so your leg is hurting. Okay, you're showing symptoms of this. Here's your prescription. Pay on your way out. Just a very I want a Janice that can do that. I don't know if I necessarily need a Jennifer. Oh, okay. Ooh, there we go. Ooh, a Janice. Ooh, a Janice. I need, there a, I need a Janice. Go. Okay. I like that. I was surprised that I had stumped Jennifer when I walked in there and said, get, get, get. You know what prep is? Yeah. So my story is almost the exact same. The only difference is my doctor did not walk out the room to gather himself <laughs> to figure it out. Um, he let me educate him on it. And as a prior nurse, I was taken aback that I was sitting here schooling someone with a medical degree for about 20 minutes on what I was asking him to prescribe me. And so after schooling him on what I was asking him to pro- provide for me, he just wrote me a prescription for it. And I was like, okay. So thankfully, I didn't come in here with a grand lie. For your doctor today, if prep right. is right for you. Ask him what? For what? Ask him for what? He ain't gonna know. He, he did not know. And I'm still hearing stories, unfortunately, today, mm-hmm. in 2019, of um, LGBT people going in and talking about prep and either having to inform the doctors on what it is or their doctors not knowing and having to confirm, confirm with a infectious disease doctor, which is... That's Absurd. another appointment, yeah. and that's exactly. a specialty copay, mm-hmm. specialty physician copay, okay. which is prohibitive for people who don't have the time or the money to, to do all of that yeah. and to do that second appointment. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a, a, a horror story with a doctor? As a doctor, wow. Yeah, it's interesting. I one of my one of the MDs I went to. I think this was like when I first moved to New York. I was in Harlem, and it was just like a very quick appointment. Uh-huh. It was just like. No real personal attention. No, hey, how are you? No getting to know my medical background or anything like that. It was just like, what are you in for today? You know, um, oh, okay. So here, take this prescription. All right. Uh, you can meet with the nurse out front and set up another appointment. It was just like very curt and it, it was just not, I, needless to say, I did not go back to him. I found someone else. But yeah. like, I hate it when doctors don't pay enough attention to who I am as a person yeah. and treats me like, you know, a problem checklist. A number instead yeah. of a name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because how can they get your real story? Because I mean, like, I'm in here for, um, I have a friend who is breaking out in sores, mm-hmm. but it's because he's stressed out. He just relocated. He's in school and school mm-hmm. is heavy. So just because I have this open sore that I don't know where it came from. Mm-hmm. I, yes, I do have a bacterial infection, but as my physician, also make sure that I'm managing my stress yeah. properly. Because don't stress just is manage all- the sore on yeah. my leg. Because stress is also going to influence how well you heal, how fast you heal. So uh, getting the stress in order uh, or managed is also going to be very important to the healing of that sore, even if it is due to some sort of bacteria. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the ice has definitely that been was, broken. I like that. We sound smart as fuck. <laughs> oh my God. Um, our affirmation this week uh, deals with persistence. 
Okay. Though I personally am not religious, I do believe in spiritual warfare. Right. As someone right. who has been steadily targeted, I implore you all, when in the midst of a consistent attack, persist. When the attacker is attacking your persistence, persist. Amen. When the attacker is attacking your thoughts, sleep, livelihood, peace, and intelligence, persist. The attacker won't attack something that's weak or without purpose, so persist. One of the definitions of persist is to continue to exist or be prolonged. If death knocks at your door, tell the tell just just tell the hoe I'm not available. Okay. You have to call me back. Okay. You have to come back tomorrow and see if you get a different result. You have to persist. Persistence is key. Persistence is also my word of the, the day, W-E-R-D, um, and our affirmation. So, persist. Oh, my God. Um, I, I was thinking perseverance. I guess those are synonyms. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Perseverance, yeah. yeah. But persist is shorter and catchier, so that's why we went there. Bougie. Very bad. <laughs> um, and so, again, um, I want to uh, refresh you guys' memory. We have a clinical psychologist with us today. Um, he has a book out currently. Uh, would you like to tell us a little bit about your book first? Sure. Thank you. So, no, I, I just wanted to say, though, about the persist. I love that because one of the things I tell patients is that, like, the only way to get through something is by going through it. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can't get to the other side unless you go through it. So, like, to get through something is to go through yeah. it. Yeah. So, on. I mean, right? And so, like, I love this message of persistence because it's really one of the biggest tools and skills that we have is just getting through it and learn, learning how to take care of ourselves as we go through it. So, um, but yeah, the book. Oh yeah. So I do have a book, a co-edited book with one of my colleagues, Dr. Lords Follins. It's called Black LGBT Health in, in the United States. It's $33 on Amazon. So you can go get it on Amazon. Um, but it's the first and still only book um, solely about black LGBT health. So sometimes you have these books about LGBT health and you have like one chapter maybe devoted to like black people. And sometimes it's not even like black people, it's like uh, LGBT people of color. Mm-hmm. But this is the first book that's like solely about black LGBT people and, and literally everyone in the community. So we have chapters in there about trans men, black trans men. We have in there chapters about black trans youth who are in the uh, penal system. We have uh, chapters in there about black bisexual women. I authored a chapter about black bisexual women and their health concerns and also resiliencies and also uh, black uh, gay bisexual men as well is in the book. So everyone is represented um, in the book and it's a focus on for us, by us. So that's one of the things. So everyone that wrote a chapter in that book is a black LGBT person. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we were like, we don't want the white gays to speak for us that we get that we get that too much. And so this book is going to (laughs) be for us, by us. Um, And so, yes. And we also wanted to make sure that it wasn't a text that only focused on like, yeah, you know, black gay men, trans women are at risk for HIV. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't want all the risks, the sad, you know, the negative. So we also highlighted the strengths. So strengths like dancing, voguing, strengths like uh, spirituality for some people, right? Mm -hmm. Strengths like uh, how we create our own families with our friends and things like that. So that's all highlighted in the text as well. But black LGBT health in the United States. Extremely important topic. Um, We will be including a link in the description. If you want a book for us, by us, 
about uh, black LGBT health um, and wellness, it will be in our description. So we are about to get into the fuck shit. Um, <clears throat> do not bring up Wendy extended her break because you love attacking my fave. You love attacking my fave. I saw that headline. I'm like, I bet you my co-host is gonna bring that up. I brought it up last week and you refuted it, and now here we go. Um, uh, and my co- and my and my problematic fave needs to take off work for a little bit. Leave her alone. Thanks. She's alone already. Um, <laughs> sex education on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Sex Education on Netflix was absolutely brilliant, amazing. Um, Is it a series or a movie? It's a series. Okay. Um, ten episodes, but it was um, great to see real uh, sex positivity in TV where we often see sex positivity like watered down. And, oh, look, I'm sex positive. But they actually like went there with a lot of shit. Um, even... Uh, Black LGBT things, which is why I highlighted it because all the black LGBT people in the series were just amazing. They outshined everybody else in the film. Uh, not in the film, in the series. <laughs> in the series. Um, it was a little awkward because they t- sometimes get real English, you know, like Great, UK. Br- Great Britain English. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there was no tokenism. Like, like mm. I said, the black people just shined and the white people were just like learning and Fumbling along the way, and I'm not quite <laughs> sure. They were being themselves. <laughs> Hello. That, but I wasn't going to say that. Um, but uh, the LGBT representation was exactly the way that LGBT representation should look like in TV. Oftentimes it's like, well, I'm going to sprinkle a little bit of LGBT in here, and I'm going to give you a little bit of trans, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to say it so that way the girls won't be mad at me, and maybe somebody will watch. They actually went full. Hard dick with the LGBT wow. representation in this Love in this it. show, Love and it. I am absolutely here for it. Um, Sean King's cancellation is pending. Mm. Yeah, I've been hearing about this. Oh um, the girls have been trying to take his ass out of here for a while, mm-hmm. and it looks like they are successful. They found the right case. They found the right case to try in the highest court. Um, he was made by Twitter, and he's about to be undone by Twitter. Mm. Um, I'm not sorry to see this go. I ain't sorry. Um, because if anybody, oh, y'all gonna take a dance break? <laughs> it's Beyonce. I guess yes. it was the perfect leading. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but if anybody really knows the Black Lives Matter movement, you know that it was a black. It was more than one black lesbian that started this movement. Mm-hmm. It was not a pseudo light skinned gentleman. Ooh. Possibly light skinned. We're not quite sure yet. Should be a columnist that of something he used to do. Um, it was not a colonizer. The movement is and will always be bigger than one person. Yes. We did not need a spearhead for the movement. The yes. movement is us. Period. All of us. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's it. Come on. Um, RuPaul's best friend race also happened this past week. And uh, to reiterate what Monique famously said on, um, what the fuck was the name of that show? Uh, Charm School. Charm School, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I got a cheap on so many issues. No, but this is famous. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> when you do clownery, and, and that's what happened. I was about to do clownery, and it came back to bite me. <laughs> but they did clownery on RuPaul's Drag Race, and it came back to bite. Mm-hmm. Um, Latrice did a lot of clownery. Oh, um, mm. spoiler alert. Yes, yeah, y'all know alert. we do. This yeah. is the show we're watching. If you ain't watched it yet, it, it happened. Pause the show right now. Go back and watch it. Mm-hmm. But the shit already happened. Um, Latrice came back into the competition and was very bitter about being sent home when she should have rightfully been sent home. 
Mm. And then she said she wasn't bitter, but was bitter in her interview. She was bitter in her chit chat across the room. She was bitter on the internet. And then she was bitter. <laughs> she was bitter Damn. when she selected a girl to lip sync against. She was wiping her ass, and she was bitter. Girl, oh, can you focus on getting your ass wiped? Wow. Um, I was happy to see Gia Gunn back, and I wanted. I wish if the roles were reversed, I would have rather see Gia Gunn come back into the competition. Than Latrice, because Latrice is about to go home again. But I didn't want Naomi to go. Naomi, I love Naomi. Oh, but I, 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 I wish that should have been that. That yeah, one should have been, the, been the, double the double save. save. That's yeah. what I'm saying because they turned it out. Yeah, it for me the Monique versus Latrice lip sync was clear. And I've seen Latrice in that um, giddy up with them boots, and they I don't know if it was on Fashion Photo Review or if it was on the show RuPaul's Drag Race where they booted like, ma'am, this boot don't go with this outfit, ma'am. That also Latrice. <laughs> Latrice also was wearing a black boot with turquoise and beige. Yeah. That, that don't even what, sound right. You that? don't even have to look at it. That don't even sound yeah. right. Nah. So anyway, um, I didn't expect the unexpected. In the words of um, <laughs> Jasmine Masters, <laughs> and but, Jasmine Masters, that your comeback outfit. She knew she wasn't trying to come back. She yeah. wants to stay at home. She, she had more weed. smoke and turn on her pay to the bill. She was very, she was very tired. <laughs> she was very tired. It looked very tired. Um, I, 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 like I said, I, I believe a double elimination is coming soon because they got too many girls and it's too close to the end. Is Drake Race your thing or? It used to be. I, I gave up on RuPaul became too problematic for me. Woo! Same. So, but it's entertainment though. Yeah. But everyone, it's, it's kind of, not to put in this, okay, everything's going to be related to R. Kelly now. Okay. It's not about the person at the time. It's about the people around. It's like everybody admits, okay, yes, RuPaul is there, but it's about the queens. It's about the community that everyone's building that everybody is so invested in. Yeah, but there are communities of drag performers outside of RuPaul's Drag Race. And RuPaul's Drag Race has built an empire. That money, the majority of that money is going to RuPaul. And I was just like, I don't want my ratings to go to RuPaul's empire when RuPaul doesn't really support all areas, all constituents of the community equally. So that was a decision I made for myself. I'm not saying it has to be oh, your decision. Oh, it's just oh. a decision I made for myself. Ooh, hashtag you sound educated. You went to school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he got a, a few years here and there. <laughs> Everything well. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. I'm just still addicted to the drug yet, and he hasn't. RuPaul hasn't done anything problematic enough for me to cancel mm. RuPaul yet. Okay, she has done problematic things, and I have addressed and read her ass yeah. on every we do. every attempt and outreach that I can. My other problematic face. Um, I got two problematic face. But once she crosses the line, I don't think RuPaul's Drag Race is a show. That is too good for me to not cancel. Mm-hmm. Like right now, it's just like okay, nothing else is on, and I'm invested in the queens that are on it. Yeah. But come season eleven, if RuPaul is like save Sean King, okay, well mm-hmm. I guess we're not watching season eleven. <laughs> that was cute. Mm-hmm. Let's go find something on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Uh, from that to uh, the real trash of the day. And the trash of every week until this motherfucker is no longer on city streets. Hashtag arrest Ed Buck is still alive and well. Yes. He is still on city yes. streets. And as I promised you last week, we will continue to read take this nap. bitch every yes. fucking day yes. that she is still alive and still on these streets. The Daily Mail published a story about a uh, young man 
who um, was recounting his experiences. The third with, victim. Yes, mm. uh, with Ed Buck. And um, his quoted words was, I thought I was going to die. Oh, my goodness. Uh, he corroborated everything that happened to Jamel Moore and happened to the other unidentified young man uh, that died uh, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And it further gives truth that this man is a murderer. He's a sadist. Uh, he does not belong free on these streets. Ooh. And every day that he's free, Republican, Democrat, Independent, Libertarian, Poochie, uh, Martian, Top Bottom Verse. We all need to get this bitch the fuck out <laughs> of the paint. Woo. Yeah. He gotta go. Got to go. Got to go. Especially targeting... Gay black men, you got to get the fuck out of here. Doctor Hilton needs to be out of jail. As a community, we're dealing mm-hmm. with a lot of trauma. Uh-huh. With um, again, here we are. Um, what is it? Fetishized? Yeah, we're definitely and, fetishized. Um, uh-huh. taken advantage of mm-hmm. because we're poor. Mm-hmm. Exploitation, and, right? You know, uh-huh. like help. Give us something. Give us something. Yeah, I mean, I think this whole Ed Buck thing, and I and I've listened to you know the last three or so episodes where you all have been talking about this, and I'm I'm so glad that you keep bringing it up because this is really another example of the ways in which black bodies and black people are exploited mm-hmm. by people in power, um, and you know, taking this guy is a predator. He intentionally preys on vulnerable people, people who are at the margins of society because of intersectional white supremacy, poverty, all these things. Um, and no one is doing anything real or significant, right? Uh, people are talking about it, but the powers that be, he's still not arrested, still on the streets. Because, again, it's indicative of what we see all the time is that no one cares about black lives. No one cares about black lives and especially black LGBT lives. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we got people in the black community that aren't even talking about this. Right. Um, and so you get people talk about um, Kevin Hart for five days in a row on their show. Oh, my God. But then barely mentions Ed Buck. So I Is think it, was that shade to Ellen again? I don't know. You just really <laughs> hit me with the Ellen shade today. That wasn't that was shade to. Uh, Woo, no Sam. Nope. nope. Yep. <laughs> nope. Was it Roland Martin? Yeah, Superman knows who I'm talking about. Nope. Superman knows who I'm talking about. So we'll we don't need to mention the name. No. It's not deserving. Okay. Um, At all. It's not deserving. But um but yeah, so it's just I think it's up to us. Are y'all us. talking about Dunn Lynch? <laughs> I love, I love this. Okay. So it's up to us to continue to affirm ourselves and going back to what you said, <laughs> Superman, to persist. Persist in lifting our voices up against <laughs> this inaction and persist in affirming ourselves and knowing that we matter despite anyone, if no one ever uh-huh. comes to our back, uh-huh. knowing that we matter and that we're going to keep coming to having our own back because we're the only ones we got. Amen. Yeah. Well, that was also it. one of my previous affirmations was hustle like you ain't got no friends. Mm-hmm. And um, Jamel Moore has a friend in me. Um, this young man that his story came out in Daily Mail has a friend in me. And the un- uh, unidentified uh, gentleman that was last killed by Ed Buck has a friend in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was the last positive thing I have to say about it. From here on out, it's about to be negative. Um, last week we got on that shitty tissue paper of skin that Ed Buck has, and mm-hmm. I would also like to address his wooden teeth. Mm. I want to say, 
I was hoping it was either the teeth or the ears, but I was. I know this is your segment. <laughs> oh, we got time. I was like, I'm just, he's still going to be free next week. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's still going to be free next week. So I got plenty. I, I got material for like three or four weeks now. <laughs> California uh, what police, does he do? police like department. Secretary down to the HR. I don't even know what he does professionally. I don't even know what he does professionally. No either. one does. I was they trying just, to figure out. It's not. It just says American businessman and political fundraiser. Yeah. All we know is he's a political donor, and really that could be just someone that launders money from. Other rich people from the Trump Foundation to something else. Okay, Um, so it's saying he was uh, did something a data service company, Little Dick Energy. That sounds very Little Dick Energy (laughs) to me. So yeah, Um, but until he gets those uh, wooden teeth the fuck up out of his goddamn mouth and gets arrested and off these damn streets, I'm not gonna get off of his pasty ass. And you can take that shit to the motherfucking bank. Oh, really quick. You guys, when we're having conversations about the show, make sure you are using our official hashtag, HereForItHive. Um, so you guys are tweeting and posting, tagging us and things at HereForItPod, but make sure you are including the hashtag, HereForItHive, so everybody can find each other. We're a community, and we have um, power. Absolutely. Um, and also, while we're talking about our community and our power, Amazon Prime Please know we're watching your ass. What they didn't did? Yeah, no. Dude, yeah, don't. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> what happened with Amazon Prime? We're not. We're not. No one's canceling subscriptions yet. I'm just saying. We and they just went up twenty dollars. So I'm like, shit. I just paid my bill. Yeah. Um. But we watching. So y'all got a little while to get this shit together. Uh, Gay Star News is reporting that Amazon removes LGBTI documentary and claims it didn't meet Prime's quote unquote quality standard. Um, the documentary <laughs> Words uh, was a, a movie. It's about lesbians, I want to say. I think I watched it. No, it was about trans people. Yeah. It was by uh, trans filmmaker AJ Matoli. Um, the documentary explores the question of identity, especially as it relates to LGBTI people living in New York City, uh, if it includes um, all kinds of other spectrums mm-hmm. um, and, you know, what your pronouns are and should people be calling you by those pronouns and you know, the pronoun generation and things like that. Um, it included interviews from Carmen Carrera, my baby mama, yeah, um, Bob the Drag it. Queen, Miss Fame, and a lot more um, of other named queens that we all know that Hello. are Adore. Yeah, positive voices in the community. Uh-huh. And so when they say that this didn't meet their quote-unquote quality standard. But look at all those quality people who are in it, sis. What? No, that, Yes. <laughs> But what is the standard? Because there's so much other shit on. I can get a a, a fucking three inch dildo on Amazon Prime, and that's what what quality is that? Uh oh. So what is what is the quality standard, yeah. Amazon Prime? What do you mean? And so for it to also come randomly and abruptly, the 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 documentary has been out about a year and a half now. Why now? Mm. Why is this now being taken off and? Being censored, basically. What are y'all Lord, doing? Lord. What is this about? Amazon. So, also tell us what quality standard means before we have yeah. to define that. Before we have to uh, beat y'all up, put boot to ass, <laughs> because <laughs> you you're not the only person that can do what y'all doing. Jeff Bezos is about to get the fuck up out of here too. So, um, Amazon Prime, please let us know what the fuck this means. I have questions. Okay. I ordered so many books off Amazon Prime. Don't do this to me, Amazon Prime. And we got a new book to get the black LGBT health in the United States. Yeah. So 
So Amazon Prime, I just, I all I'm saying is I have questions. That's yeah. it. I'm not saying nothing else. I'm just saying I have questions. Okay. So speaking of questions, um, I would like to also take the time since we have a clinical psychologist here Ooh. of our community for our community to ask him some questions for you guys. Um, so the first question is um, we talked about offline basically some of the strategies that companies like Amazon um, can probably use to encourage LGBT participation in research. Um, how important do you think it is for companies, maybe even like Amazon, mm-hmm. maybe even like Gilead, mm-hmm. um, to focus more of their efforts to talk to us about the research that they want to get back? Because oftentimes they'll say, we put out a study, mm-hmm. we put out a survey, mm-hmm. and this many people answered, and this many people of them that were answering were white. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, do you think that they, they can possibly target some of their strategies? Yeah, I de- definitely. And I think this is a great question. It's something um, that was talked about in NASM, um over the past uh, few days. Um, it's that, like, oftentimes when you see any research study, it's predominantly white, usually like 70% or more. And usually very few people in our communities are participating. People say that, oh, you know, black people, black LGBT people are hard to reach populations, right? Hard it's just reach. like, you're not hard to reach. We're not hard to reach. We just don't, one, trust you, or two, you're not talking to us, mm-hmm. right? So if you're giving messages that don't include us, don't represent us, don't have images of us, then why are we even going to pay attention? So, like, if these companies want to reach out to us, then one, one of the biggest thing is start hiring us. Get us Woo! on your team, number one, right? I'm available. Yeah. Hello? I'm and, I, and I'm here to consult. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'll, I'll be a consultant for you. You know, so yeah. So get us on your team, right? Um, and give us power on your team. Don't get us as a token on your team. Yeah. Get us as power players on your team, mm-hmm. right? Um, and use those resources and, uh, to actually craft specific um marketing tools for that community right and don't lump us all in together either and have diversity within the communities yeah they know how to target groups oftentimes by age Mm -hmm. by um income level Mm -hmm. and somehow when it comes to race ooh, i don't know how to get to the niggas right exactly how you get to the niggas and it's because they don't, they're, it's because they're lazy. Uh-oh. They don't know anyone, Uh-oh. right? So you need to get the people on your team that do know the communities, who come from the communities, know the communities, and know the messages to how to talk to us. Don't come with us with, you know, risk factor this or poor, poor this, right? Come with, come talk to us about our strengths. Come talk to us about the things that we do well. Cause like you were saying earlier, like we, you let us in any place, we typically going to dominate that field. We're bringing the, we're bringing the, humor we're bringing the we're bringing the rhythm we're bringing everything we're bringing the seasonings right so like right the dick right so all of it so like talk to us about that to get us on board you know so that's i think that's one of the main ways that i would say is one hire us get us on the team and two talk to us about things that we want to hear about come to us with our strengths yeah i absolutely agree Oh no! Okay, um, and so <laughs> as I sip um, my lovely elixir, um, I also would like to address um, alcoholism in the gay community. Mm. Um, one, how big of a problem do you think it is? Mm-hmm. And two, do you feel like alcohol is a gateway drug? That's a complex question. 
Um, I asked a complex man. Yeah. Oh, oh well, okay. Well, thank you. Um, so, is it a problem? I mean, we do we do see um, alcohol addiction, substance addiction um, among uh, LGBT community members, Black LGBT community members. Um, but when you actually look at the data, looking at disparities uh, along race, um, we do actually see there's this uh, disproportionate number of Black LGBT people, particularly gay and bisexual men, compared to their white heterosexual counterparts when it comes to substance use. But I also question, I also question that research is about because are people functioning while using? Because I mean, I listen to particular podcasts and people talk about using weed all the time. And so if they go into their mental health provider or their MD, right, then they might be diagnosed with a substance use disorder. But these people are also like super highly productive. They're creative people. And so to me, that's not necessarily a substance use disorder, even though if I'm going strictly by the criteria in the DSM, you might meet that. But again, I think you got to take culture into account and also the functionality of the substances as well, because as black LGBT people, we're often dealing with a lot of chronic stressors and sometimes you need to light up so you don't go and punch someone in the throat. You need Ooh. to light up so you can continue to go into that job where they uh, misgender you or they, uh, you know, Bitch. give you all those microaggressions every day. Mm-hmm. Right. So to me, I don't necessarily consider that a problem. Right. Of course, I would also prefer that you learn some additional skills some additional emotional coping strategies in order to deal with that and not solely rely on the substances. But if you need to use a substance here and there, then cool. Um, also, though, I think the substances are highlighted in our communities, again, and to pathologize us because especially compared to white LGBT communities, a lot of those people are coming from more um, affluent households. So even if they do run into issues around their substance use, they're protected because of their whiteness and their assets. Whereas in our communities, if we run into an issue with law enforcement or something like that around substances, we don't have the same privileges and that goes on our record. We can't, we don't have people that can get it expunged from our record and then it follows us throughout our lifetimes and things like that. Um, so again, I, when I'm thinking about substances, someone's coming to me and they have issues around alcohol use or substance use. I'm more interested in not necessarily how much of the substance is used, but what is the function of the substance in their life? Are they still able to show up in the way that they need to show up in their lives? And two, is it distressing them? If you're telling me it's distressing you, then let's work and let's find alternative strategies. But if it's not distressing you and you're still able to function, then do what you want to do. Or distressing other people around you. Right, right. Exactly. Or distressing other people around you because, right, it may not, but again, I put that in the function, in the social functioning category. Mm-hmm. So if it's, if it's messing with your, your ability to show up for others and meet your obligations, be there for your partner, your friends, your family, then yeah, that's, it's, it's hindering your functioning. And so then, yeah, we want to talk about strategies to deal with that. Mitigate. Mm-hmm. Very good. I'm loving this. Wow, you sound so smart. <laughs> With over um, 20,000 LGBT teens uh, currently at risk of going to conversion therapy in this country, mm-hmm. do you have a professional opinion on the implications it has? Definitely. I mean, the, the American Psychological Association, which is the largest uh, national professional organization of psychologists, mm-hmm. has come out um, 
you know, and said that conversion therapy is not it, right? So we know that conversion therapy does not work. We know that it's harmful. We know that it's unethical. And um, some people, very few though, is luckily it's not as prevalent as it used to be, or at least it's not as um, advertised, heavily advertised. As no, you can't get it. You can't find it nowhere. You right. got to actually like seek out and yeah. go to people. And it's usually some French Christian or, re- or other type of religious organization providing it. Right. Um, so we know that conversion therapy is not, it has no scientific efficacy. It has no therapeutic efficacy. So it's not, not recommended at all. Um, for people that are going through conversion therapy, again, it's either usually family members that are taking them there. And I think that's the issue within the family that we need to talk about, right? So there's clearly homophobia or homonegativity there um, that we need to continue to address in our communities around that and as well as our interpretation of religious texts. One of, one of my areas of research is I look at the ways in which religion and spirituality influences health for black, uh, gay, bisexual, same-gender loving men. And I think we need, a lot of people are miseducated about what these religious texts actually say and also the interpretation of those texts. Mm-hmm. And so I think we need to continue to have those conversations in our communities as well and get parents and get uh, uncles, aunts, and things like that on board with supporting the uh, the uh, gender uh, non-conforming, the LGBT uh, person in their lives. Yeah, and start the conversations because mm-hmm. if you're not having the conversations, then they're like, "Oh, well, you just been wearing pink since you was five, so we're just gonna send you to the therapy, mm-hmm. and hopefully, you're gonna wear blue when you come out." Mm-hmm. Yay! And I've even had some patients who were like, "You know, I wish I wasn't." gay you mm-hmm. know and so you know that conversation for me is not like well let's help you change that but it's like so tell me about that what what messages have you received that make you feel that way you know so um so because i've heard some gay conversion therapists say well the person wants to change the person doesn't like being uh gay or lesbian the person doesn't want to be trans so you know i'm doing i'm doing the service that my patient wants for me my client is asking me to do and it's like that's actually the wrong question is the the question should be tell me where does that come from and why and why tell me where does that come from and explore that yeah yeah <clears throat> and they're doing more harm to their their own mm-hmm. patient at the same time um how do you get patients interested in continuing mental health so a lot of times um definitely in the lgbt sphere mm-hmm. um we'll have the the burst of energy to be like i know i need to see someone mm-hmm. but not continue to see someone yeah well you know it's we know that though some um there is a relief just from the first session some yeah. people some people actually experience improvement in their mental health um symptoms right before even going to the first session because that act of acknowledging that i need help making the appointment can have a small therapeutic benefit and then also just the act of telling your story to someone um, for the first time for especially if it's something that you never let anyone else know can also be therapeutic just getting it off your chest but a lot of the reasons why people don't come back, especially in our communities, is because of the relationship. So I'm going to say relationship, relationship, relationship. It's all about building rapport mm-hmm. um, with with clients. Um, and that's on the therapist part. That's the therapist's responsibility to make clients feel um, welcome. And the way that we do that is by knowing about the communities from which they come from, but also maintaining a cultural humility and basically cultural humility 
it's knowing that I don't know everything mm-hmm. about where you or where you come from. I always tell my patients that like, I'm an expert in psychology. Like I study psychology for years. I've been doing psychotherapy for years, but I'm not an expert on you. You're the expert on you. So let's work together to figure out how to get you the results that you want. Right. So I think that coming from that place of humility is what really builds those relationships because then patients feel like this person's genuinely interested in me and they're not just going to try to tell me what I'm doing wrong or what I need to change, but they're really going to try to understand where I'm coming from and like what makes me me. And then that's why patients keep coming back once they feel connected with and that this person actually sees me fully Mm -hmm. And actually hears me. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's helpful when the the clinician knows what Jack is. Yes. He may not know exactly what yes. goes What's on at the sex in? party. Mm-hmm. He may not, you know, have attended a sex party, mm-hmm. but he's like, oh, well, you had a Jack hookup last night. Mm-hmm. Let's go into that. Right. Um, and so that's why I think it's extremely beneficial for more individuals like yourself to be uh, present mm-hmm. because you can have those conversations and people would feel more comfortable in talking to you about mm-hmm. them and saying, Okay, well, if I talk to this 60-year-old white man about my Jack date last night, he's going to spend five minutes figuring out what the fuck Jack is. Mm-hmm. Um, next, um, why do you recommend the average black gay male seek out counseling initially? So I think for me, I, I think all of us, mm-hmm. for if you if you just experienced a, one day of being a, a, a black gay male, yeah, there you, go. You've, you need some counseling. Mm-hmm. If you experienced one day. And so there's a lot of us out there that is, have experienced years, decades. So I think all of us should have at least been in counseling one time in our lives or continue counseling. Why would you recommend the average black gay male? Yeah, exactly what you just said. I mean, it is, you know, James Baldwin, you know, uh, there was a clip going around on social media about James Baldwin's asked, um, what was it like to be black, gay and born in poverty? And he was like, I hit the jackpot. Right. Amen. And so in a lot of ways, being black and gay is a jackpot. Right. If if we look at it that way, it's all about perspective, too. Right. But in a lot of ways, it's a jackpot because I I talk about um, there's this term called um, liminal space. Mm -hmm. And so liminal space is like being um, not really belonging any place, being in between two worlds. Mm -hmm. Right. And so a part of being a black gay man is like being able to live in between two worlds. So you're in between the white gay world, right? Um, you're between the black, hetero, the black heterosexual world and not really feeling like you fit in either one of those worlds. And so in the ways we often create our own unique worlds with other people that we identify with, right? Creating and our so own families. it's right. We create our own families. We create our own ways of being. And, and it gives us a perspective that we can, if we want to, we can move between those worlds and succeed in each of those worlds. But I say all that to say that's also, while there's a blessing that we can do that, I think that's a strength that we have. It's also can be very taxing. It can also be very taxing. Cause you have to walk in and out of those different lives, spheres, clock in, clock friends, out. Uh, exactly. maybe even family members. If you got like a white family member, you're like, oh, you're and always negotiating where is it going to be safe to let this, like, you know, even as a, as a clinical psychologist, you know, I have a doctor. And so my students have to call me doctor and this and that. And so it gives a level of 
prestige, but even with some of my colleagues, there are times when I'm like, as I know, regardless of all my degrees or whatever I do, they're still looking at me as a black man. And so there are times when I play up the gay a little bit more because I know that's going to make them feel a little bit more comfortable. Oh, he's, you know, yeah, he's, he's the black gay man, one. but he's the gay when he's safe. Right. And then there are times, though, when I'm in like black communities where like, you know, I might not want to play up the gay as much. Right. Um, I mean, I, I'm clearly gay. You know, it's one of those things I'm like, I don't really think I could hide it if I wanted to. <laughs> but, you know, but it's also like I'm also going to be making sure that, um, you know, in some spaces like like the barbershop. Right. That I'm like really leaning in into the black cultural references and so on and so forth. So and that's that's tiring. That's taxing. And so we all need uh, we could all benefit from psychotherapy just from the daily negotiations that we have to do. I mean, and then when we add in the homonegativity, the heterosexism, um, you know, financial strain, um, you know, um, Donald racism, Trump. white supremacy, all this black brutality that we see on social media, people getting beat up by cops, killed by cops, so on and so they forth. They want to cancel Gladys Knight. I'm traumatized. Oh, my goodness. Please do not cancel Gladys Knight. <laughs> that is also very <laughs> distressing, right? So, um, yeah, so it's all those things why we need. Just someone to talk to. It's cathartic. Just to have someone to talk to about all these things. Yeah. And definitely if they're a professional at listening, mm-hmm. it's even better. So if you don't have the access to a provider, um, at least go through your friend circle and be like, this was not going to spill all my tea. Right. So I'll talk to her for now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can even be just as helpful as a counseling session, even though that person is not degreed um, or specialized to listen. I mean, because before... I even got any of my degrees. I mean, I was that friend. Mm-hmm. So, like, you, we all have those friends, right? That was just, like, really good at listening and help, and you didn't feel judged. Or if you felt judged, you know they loved you even though they were judging you, you know? So, Woo! so you know, sometimes that's important, too, right? It's like, I have some friends, like, you know, you're, like, a little judgmental. I'm like, yeah, but you know I'm going to love you through that, right? So, like, me judging you doesn't mean that I don't love you. doesn't mean that I'm not rooting for you. And I'm all, I'm not going to, and it doesn't mean that I'm not going to ride for you. So, you know, of course we would definitely want people that don't judge, but notice that sometimes judging isn't always, you know, means that I'm against you. Or mean, mean-spirited. Right, mean-spirited. Um, how would you tell our audience to deal with trauma and depression if they don't have the access to mental health professionals? Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I listened to the episode from last week and I love the, um, or maybe it was the week before, but the, the shower, shower concert. concert. And I thought... That was very good. Yeah, I was very like, good. that is a really great self-care mental health strategy. Like, just like... Because I do that. I do that already. Like, I have my, my bath sauce, take my bath. You know, I have on my music. Or sometimes, you know, I, like, watch Netflix, you know, while in the bathtub. But just, like, time to be by yourself. You don't have to spend a lot of money. It doesn't have to be going to Fiji for your self-care. You know, it can be, like... Ooh, I want to go to Fiji. I, wanna, I know. I want to go, too. But, you know, that's, a, that's a, on, a little bit more on the expensive side. But what I'm saying is that whether you're going the expensive route or you're going the more inexpensive route, it doesn't... You don't have to spend a lot of money to take care of yourself. Uh, taking care of yourself it's really about it's really about making time for yourself to just be with your thoughts disconnect from social media social media even as a uh, even as a therapist even as a clinical psychologist 
social media depresses me sometimes because I'm like, you know, because people put the highlights, right? And you're just like, wow, this person's always doing this. So this picture is so, you know, well composed and they have this many followers. And it's just like, yeah, but like you don't know all that's going into that. All you see is that finished product. And like it's unrealistic most of the time, right? So disconnect from <laughs> social media is one way in which people that don't have access to a therapist um, can take care of themselves. Taking the, those shower concerts or or, um, or bath concerts definitely a way. Um, you know, I like cooking, so like doing something that you like, like learning a recipe. And like making something from scratch can be very cathartic and therapeutic for some people. So doing things like that. Um, some people like art. So drawing, writing poetry, journaling yep. can be very helpful for people. Um, especially because a lot of times going through the day, we don't really have a time to check in with ourselves. Journaling mm-hmm. can be a great way to just... Because some people don't even have language for their emotions. And like journaling can be a way for us to start to develop that language our emotions and just really check in with how we're feeling but another thing i want to say too is educate ourselves so a lot of times we're like working uh, some of some of our depression is from miseducation mm-hmm. because we're hearing everyone else say this is what this is but like picking up books about like um homosexuality in africa right Picking up books about like the make the sure history. make sure it's not a hotel that wrote it right. Make sure no, they're like make sure it's like you know um, a scholarly person that wrote it. Usually, you know, like I always recommend um, people look at like if it's like a university press, then it's usually a pretty credible source. But if you say like see something like Minds Eye Inc., you know yeah. that might be a little bit more. <laughs> Yeah, that's very indicative of a hotel. Yeah, so so yeah, you do want to like make sure you're getting the source from a credible, um, from credible institution. But like educating ourselves um, can also be very empowering and can help us as well. And masturbation. Oh yes, and masturbation. There's nothing like those endorphins released from masturbation. Woo. Yeah. Um. Last one. Most controversial one. Okay. Is top, bottom, top and or bottom Mm -hmm. mentality tied to heteronormativity? Ah, yeah. So, that's a good question. Is top, bottom... I stumped. Yeah, I'm stumped. I mean, I guess it depends on who you ask, right? Some people would say, I mean, if you're talking about strict top, strict bottom, Mm -hmm. some people might say yes. Um, But it's also, I think you were mentioning it, Ronald, about like how there's like femme tops and like soft tops, soft tops, right? And like, um, I guess you would say hard bottoms or whatever, power bottoms, strict bottoms, power bottoms. So, I mean, there are people who are tops and bottoms who like don't also couple it with masculinity and femininity. Um, and so in that way, they kind of are like breaking that heteronormative mode. Um, but then there are some people that do. But what I would say is that to me, it's less important if it's um, heteronormative or not, but more important about is it pleasurable? Is it enjoyable? Because some people may just genuinely be feminine, just genuinely love bottoming, right? And only bottoming. So like if that's your thing, are you gaining pleasure out of it, right? Right. Um, why are you doing it? That's, again, the question I keep coming back to. What's the function of it? But if you feel like I'm doing this because this is what's expected of me, 
then you might want to start to question that heteronormativity and like your motives around that. So again, I would say it depends um, on who you ask, but I would say that it's really up to the person. I would say let the person decide for themselves where the motivation is coming from and is it serving them? Is it pleasing them? I have one question. Yes, please. So um, I had you watch the video earlier about Pio, who is the horse who goes around yes. in the hospital mm-hmm. and how when Pio, I mean, first of all, if I was in my hospital bed, I would not be expecting a horse mm-hmm. to come in mm-hmm. with the nurse. And so <laughs> I wouldn't know what kind of drugs y'all put me on. You're like, what's going on here? There's a horse in here? Yeah. It's not a man? <laughs> and then, so, you know, like people, um, Delta Airlines and United Airlines are changing their emotional support um, animals who can come on their flights. Mm-hmm. And But there are also like people who in their everyday life genuinely love their pet dogs, um, rats, what is pet? Th- I'm asking because I don't know. Mm-hmm. Pet pet therapy. What does what is that? What right. what are the girls getting? All right. So I I'm gonna give you a disclaimer. I'm not an expert in pet therapy, but I do have some um, rudiment, rudimentary uh, knowledge around mm-hmm. it. So what I will say though is that I do know emotional support animals and things like that. And really it's exactly what it sounds like. I even have some students that have emotional support animals and they bring them into the classroom, right? But it's for people who may experience uh, particular forms of anxiety, like really extreme anxiety, having the pet around can be soothing for them. Um, people who have depression, having a, I would say more mild depression, um, you know, could have the pet around. Again, could be very soothing, could also, um, give them something to do, right? So kind of pulls them out of their, uh, own psychological process into mm-hmm. the real world because if you're taking care of the pet. Clean this shit up, gotta right, feed it. Right, it, walk it, all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, it needs attention, so. Child, exactly. I can't see here in my depression. And so, and pets too are, provide unconditional love. A mm-hmm. lot of them, especially if you're talking about dogs and things like that, right? It provides unconditional love. And they have their own personalities, right? And so that's also interaction. So maybe you're not, um, psychologically, um, well enough or you don't have the energy to like go out to make a meetup group or go mm-hmm. or something like that. But you have, you still get some sort of interaction with your emotional support. Emotional support pet. Okay. Um, so it's so it can be very helpful in a lot of different ways. What's going on in sexual health this week? Um, in sexual health, I just want to make a, a note. We're not gonna have a whole <laughs> session <laughs> in sexual health. Um, but syphilis can be managed, oh not cured. So I mm. think that it's extremely important um, in sexual health this week that we address uh, one of the growing trends in, in STIs being syphilis mm-hmm. um, and knowing that once you have syphilis, you got syphilis. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're still going to test positive. For you're it. going to test positive. Um, you're only going to be able to manage the titers that are in your bloodstream uh, through multiple uh, blood test panels throughout the rest of your life. Uh, so it's extremely important um, to know if you do have syphilis or if your partner has syphilis or if anyone else that you may be having sexual contact with has syphilis because if they give it to you, you got syphilis. Um, social studies. 
Um, I, re- I really enjoyed the questions that we okay. were asking. That was really good. Okay, great. We've done the socialing. We've done the mental health. <laughs> it is time for our songs for our souls. This week, I will... What, uh, child, let me tell you. I love Memphis so much. I love God. And K. Michelle remade You did not. I'm walking out. Somebody loves you, baby. No, they actually did. Trina and K. A girl from the bottom, 305. And a Memphis girl got together. Also from the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> she was definitely at the bottom. Um, uh, it's on my shower concert, okay? <laughs> it's on my shower concert. Um, but if it ain't me, by Train Up featuring K. Michelle. Um, if it ain't me, then who? 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 Nigga, I want to make sure I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you again. Are you sure you're serious about this? This is the type of fuck shit you want to get into, sir. Wench. Hit a pu- I was like, treat him. Just punch him, girl. Just punch him. Women do domestic violence sometimes, too. So it's fine. Well, it's not, but <laughs> it's a music it. video. So <laughs> it's for the music video. Is it? Um, and the Superman punched somebody when he was in that music video. Make sure you go check out uh, <laughs> Mr. Bouvier's video starring my friend Anthony Superman. Anthony Superman punched the boy, dragged him across the floor. It was about awareness there. to domestic violence. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we had this So, Trina featuring K. Michelle, If It Ain't Me. Trina said, I know you may laugh at this, nigga, but damn. Then K. Michelle comes in and says, Somebody loves you, baby. And you know who it is. <laughs> I just came with ah! K. Michelle singing Patty LaBelle songs. I haven't heard it, so I'm going to have to There's a good reason. There's a good reason. There's a good reason. I'm not on the K. Michelle. Um, Shout out to Memphis. Anyway, so. Shout out good to Memphis. Good for her for getting her coin, though. Good for her. And Patty LaBelle getting her um, rate. Because I'm right. sure. Um, she had to clear it. Right. Yeah. I don't hate on any black person getting their money, so good for you. Except R. Kelly. As long as it's not hurting anyone. And he got dropped from Sony Music. He was signed to RCA, which is under Sony Sony Music. But Sony said, hey, I don't know what y'all over there mean about, but he can get the check. (laughs) Take the check back. Get off my motherfucking porch. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a K. Michelle lyric I can stand by. Uh, The song for my soul this week is, um, it's about to be three years old next week. And it makes me feel nostalgic. And I'm like, oh my God, it's been three years? Damn. This bitch needs some, some new music out. <laughs> Tanache? No. Oh. Um, I love Tanache. I do. But no. I bet she could never make you cry. Uh-oh. Because the scars on your heart are still mine. Mm. Tell me that she couldn't get this sting. She can almost be the worst of me. Too bad she's just eating off your dreams. What bitch a love doing? Let me know when you're ready to plea. Maybe you just need to send for me. Niggas is acting up out here. (laughs) So, what uh, the bad gal was saying here was, listen, I know I fucked you up and you're never going to recover from that shit. Um... And this other girl that you might be fucking around with, she's never going to be me. Um, she can get this thing if she wants it. Oh, I know. Um, and if you are ready to plea for 
being back in my presence. You can uh-huh. plead, but you're going to still have to send for me. Amen. You're going to have to fly the chick out. All right. You're going to have to uh, charter a jet. I, I don't do commercial. Yeah, because you know Rihanna, she's not that girl. <laughs> you're going to have to charter a jet. I don't do commercial. She's busy trying to put her Louis Vuitton line together. So if you're going to. So next week, um, Rihanna's latest and probably one of her best projects will be three years old. Um, and we the song. three years for the release date, no sure. Yeah, also. Pushback. Uh, the song Woo. Woo! Um, also was one of the, the, the best vibes that I got off that album. Um, there was a lot of things, a lot of things, like there was not one song on the album that was unlistenable to me, but woo is just still one like where she talked her shit and I knew what she meant. She meant that I still have my claws in you nigga and you can go fuck with the other bitch if you want to, Mm -mm. but I still have my claws in you. And when you are ready to plea. For my attention, uh-huh. send me a motherfucking jet. Suffer my soul. Trey, mm. you got a Dr. Trey? I, I, I do. Um, <laughs> so, so I've been listening to this new album um, by this guy named uh, James Vincent McMorrow. Who? James Vincent McMorrow. Okay. And it's like, it's, it's, you know, James Blake. Yes, it's kind of like along those lines of James Blake. It's like this experimental, like sounds like you're on a ventilator in a hospital, like (laughs) trap music. (laughs) But I really like it. So it's um, this this song called Outside Digging, and it's kind of depressing. But it's like been like I I like it. It gets you through. You get down and then you get back up. Yeah, exactly. It's been like on repeat for me. So it's like outside digging. It's like. My song. It's like. Is there like a lyric from it that? It's, he just keeps saying there's so little light left from the light of the. Uh, just so many. Just ah, There's so little left from the light of the sun. Okay. So. Mm-hmm. I just like it. I live. It's not yeah. like a tattoo idea. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe. I like it. <laughs> outside digging. Tramp stamp. Ooh, outside digging. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of the song. That's but that is your tramp stamp. Outside digging. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have come to um our here for us this week. Um unfortunately, uh we had a positive week last week. Mm-hmm. Uh and I'm gonna have to be a negative Nancy this week. Mm. Cause when I saw this shit, I became enraged for I did it. too. For the city of Chicago. Um, there's been so much shit that's happened since this, but when it did happen, it took over um, the news all the news cycle, all the timelines. But when Laquan McDonald was killed, um, and the videos that they didn't want to show us at first, if you remember that. Didn't they shoot at that boy 24 times? They did not want to show us uh, the video. They did not want to show us the, the body cam. They videos. hit him 16 or something like that? Reckless out here. Um, Laquan McDonald got no justice. Um, the the last of his trials just ended this this past weekend. This weekend, um, and he got no justice. And for that, I believe there should be no peace. Uh, one of the officers was sentenced to six years, uh, where in the state of Illinois he will probably only have to serve fifty percent, maybe less than that. Mm. Of his sentence uh, for killing Laquan. And Laquan uh, is gone. Uh, this officer 
Mm-hmm. His name is uh, Jason Van Dyke. Uh, Jason Van Dyke will be on city streets within three years. Laquan McDonald will be on no one's streets mm-hmm. ever again. We will never know what his potential would have been. We would never know if uh, he would have fathered the next Michael Jackson. We will never know if he would have went off to biochemistry school and created the first cure for HIV or cancer. We will never know uh, if he would have been a literary genius. We would have never know if he would have been the next trap rapper. We will never know any of that about Laquan McDonald because Jason Van Dyke took that away from us. Mm-hmm. And he will be on city streets and probably on someone's police force again within three years. Mm-hmm. I'm absolutely not fucking here for it. And, and the city of Chicago, I am surprised that y'all not fucking here for it as much as I am because y'all love to test some shit up. Um, so, w- with all the other officers that were, were being charged, this was the most severe. Most of them got uh, severances were kicked off the local police force and that was it no jail time there's one officer that was involved in the the murder of laquan mcdonald that got six years and he's not even going to serve six years so even if he just did six years six years he could come out and live a whole nother goddamn life like it never happened he never killed a whole black ass man on on the street like just hey guys i'm new here I'm not here for it. Um, Soldier Boy, Lord. Drake! <laughs> um, and I'm still boycotting the Breakfast Club. I, I want to watch the interview because I know it will be fully entertaining. I only watch the clips and not on their channel. And, okay. Mm. So, he also went, while he's in New York, he stopped by um, the show Joe Budden was originally on. It's called Everyday Struggle by Complex Magazine. Okay. But, of course, Joe Budden had to walk away because they was playing with his coin and blah, 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 stuff, things. But, anyway, so Soldier Boy stopped by Everyday Struggle. Um, and he was marketing that um, digital system, the ripoff of the PlayStation with some of the Nintendo games on it, but it also got some Sega Genesis throwback games on it that he don't, that people are alleging that he don't have licenses for and all of those types of things. It's about to give combo. Then he was also, while he was there talking about the video game, he was talking about, um, he's also into some other things, some other small businesses that he's got going on. Um, and then the response from the host there were like, why do you got so many businesses? What, what, why are you, um, putting yourself in all these pots? And he's like, oh, so when the white man do it, he an entrepreneur, but then here I go, soldier boy, I'm a rapper, I'm a Grammy award winning writer, and I, um, I'm trying to get this gaming console off the ground. I'm here to talk about that and launch that, and I'm also here to talk about the other projects that I have going on. But for some reason, because I'm a writer, a rapper, I'm an entrepreneur, I can't. I, I, I'm supposed to fail. I'm supposed to have multiple revenues of income. Shit, if I was working down to the federal government, food banks have been suffering for years. But now all of a sudden, these federal government workers is um out of work, and now all of a sudden we need. They found all this food. To, oh, that's a whole nother rant. But main point, Soldier Boy, I'm absolutely here for dragging all these girls down. These black people who are trying to drag him because he has a lot of small businesses. Girl, and so Soulja Boy ended up telling the guy, he was like, DJ Academics, you sit on 
Twitch all day playing Fortnite. Do you know how much more money you are making Fortnite by using your influence and sitting on your computer and your TV all day making Fortnite more money when you should be launching the DJ Academics game or you should be seeing how you can collaborate with me so Soldier Boy and DJ Academics can get together. We could be black out here getting this coin. Mm-hmm. And I'm absolutely here for the dragon that the messenger, Soldier Boy, had to kill <laughs> Nobody ever said Social Boy was the messenger. <laughs> right. I, I was like, I cannot believe I'm receiving this gospel from fucking Soldier Boy, but I was here for it. When it when the clip went off, I was like, damn, I thoroughly enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, nobody's asking um Jessica Simpson or Jessica Alba right. why they not acting or singing no more. Because right. they are in billion dollar industries Jessica that Simpson they did not even choose. It's a billion fucking dollar college Jenner with no fucking experience and nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing. But that you, that reminds me of that uh, lyric from uh, the uh, the um, Jay Z lyric in the um, Boss song. Ooh. It was like niggas rather work for the man than, than work, work with, with me. me, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's it's similar. Yeah. So that was a Kanye West drag because Kanye loves bragging about his work with Adidas. Mm-hmm. How he's um, either working on something with Nike or he's absolutely against Nike mm-hmm. or working with Donald Trump and mm-hmm. he's trying to break into fashion. Well, Kanye, instead of trying to work with all these other people, come up here and work with me. Mm-hmm. And where I'm the boss, you can be the co-boss. We can do this. Right. Right. Chalet. So, is it my turn? Yes. Yes. Yay. All right. So, what am I here for? I am here for uh, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. She has just been like, if people that don't know her, she's the Congresswoman newly elected out of the Bronx. And she has just been like, Letting them have it <laughs> since even before she got into office. As soon as she got elected, she's just been like letting them have it. And it's just great. Yesterday she was at the Women's March, but she was talking about not only women, but also like, uh, trans- transgender rights, the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so she put global all warming. global warming. She put yeah. all of this on a national stage and she, um, recently retweeted Cardi B and talking about how Bronx women know how to clap back. And so it's just really great because she's exactly the type of person um, that we need in government. Amen. And I hope she maintains as that Tiana Taylor album, keep that same energy, right? I hope she keeps that same energy and doesn't let the system change her because that's exactly what we need. People who's not afraid to, to speak truth to power. People who's not afraid to say, I'm bringing my whole community with me. I'm never going to turn my back on them. I don't mm-hmm. care how you all do it, right? I don't have to be inside your respectability politics. I'm Bronx all day, all night. Um, and using her position to get those um, issues and continue to talk about those issues in the mainstream. So, I'm here for it. Absolutely. I'm here for it. Absolutely. And been a congresswoman a whole three weeks. <laughs> yeah. And so we got people that have been in Congress 20 and 30 years. Exactly. Don't know their name. Don't know nothing exactly. that they've ever signed. Scared to talk to the press. Exactly. This girl has been in the Congress for three mm-hmm. weeks. Yeah. She is probably the second most famous congresswoman outside of the Speaker of the House mm-hmm. right now. And the youngest. And definitely the youngest. To ever be and elected. Latina. Mm-hmm. Openly, proudly Latina. I'm here. Love her. So it has come to one of our favorite parts of the show. It is I'm our call last. Abuse in the gay community. <laughs> <laughs> it is our last call. So if you have alcohol available to you, 
and you are not currently abstaining, make sure you take a shot with us as we take a shot for our last call. Shout out to, um, is it Jose Corvo this week? <laughs> I'll go first. <coughs> Don't die. Don't yeah. die on us. <laughs> lightweight, lightweight. So the escapism that, um, the escapism that I'm about to have in March when uh, this Mortal Kombat 11 game comes out is going to be so lit. That game, bitch. <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm and so, so ready. In talking about all the mental health that we've talked about on this episode, I think escape, mm-hmm. escapism is also very important. Where um, you can just in moderation. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say in small doses, yeah. but there you go. Yeah, three or four hours. <laughs> um, I'm not telling y'all to just move to Mexico and drop your identity. I'm just saying escapism is important, especially when you can't escape from other things around you. Oh. Um, and so, Mortal Kombat is going to be my vessel. Come March, um, uh, they they just recently dropped the moves, the finishing moves, uh, oh, like this past weekend, and I oh watched all of them. Oh my goodness! And it's about to give combo. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I am sure that they stole these finishing moves from the streets of Detroit. I have seen niggas do this, wow. <laughs> and I was like. Y'all got that from my auntie. <laughs> okay. My auntie used to do that to my cousins. Right. Run your auntie her check. Where's yeah, check? yeah. <laughs> um, and I know that I'm going to um, be thinking the whole time I'm playing this video game that this is Donald Trump and some of the people that are in his administration. Mm. I'm going to be renaming them niggas if I can rename them in, in, in this game and uh, live out some fantasies and then just come back to reality. That's yeah. the important part of escapism is coming back to reality afterwards. Mm-hmm. And so in reality, the nigga is still president for now. Um, but the escapism that I'm about to have. What? <laughs> Woo! Y'all check that shit out. I'm disemboweling everybody. My last call this week goes to um, DC's Attorney General Carl Racine, um, who find a DC restaurant called Cuba Libra. L-I-B-R-E. Um, last summer, think, um, a white trans woman was in Coop, Coop, whatever, and she wanted to use the bathroom. She really worked. And so the girls was like, well, we need to see your ID in order for you to use the restroom here. Mm. I am a white woman in America. <laughs> so, you know, she found her little claim. And then she ended up suing. And so apparently she won because the attorney general decided that Cuba, blah, 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 Libra. is in um, F out here that is very trash to require ID to use the restroom, girl. Um, she, what if she would have shitted on herself? <laughs> to, ma'am, can I show you my ID when I come out? Ma'am, because sometimes the stomach can sense when you're near a toilet and the stomach don't be caring what's going on. So, um, that's in the medical journals. Shout out to, shout out to the attorney general, Carl Racine, um, and shout out to, what's the woman's name? Charlotte Clamera for, oh, um, dragging the girls down to the law offices and, um, getting, getting them to pay up for their horrible business practices. She works for Casa Ruby. I know her. Shout out. Yeah. Last call. You have a last call, Doctor. I do have a last call. One, one, one is two parts. So, first off, though, you mentioned something about syphilis. Yes. Ah, yeah. And I just, I think you said syphilis can't be cured. Can't be cured. It's managed. Well, according to the CDC, it can be cured. So, I just wanted to know. I just want to point that out. Like what? according to the CDC, 
syphilis can be cured. Now, the effects of it, if it has went untreated, you might still have to live with the effects of it. And also, you can be reinfected. Absolutely. Right? So, the curing part, though, according to the CDC, it can be cured. So, I did, I did want to touch on that. So, I would be happy to know your sources. Because maybe we just have different sources. Central Texas Nursing College. Okay. Central Texas. What's your last call? My last call. Well, that was part of it. Okay. I just wanted to point that out. But I also wanted to, my last call, though, it's just for, like, us. Uh-huh. Last call is us. I think the work that uh, this podcast is doing is amazing. Uh, highlighting, like, the resiliency, all the strengths, the humor. Also, how informed you all are. And, like, you kept talking about so, so educated. You all sound so educated on this podcast. Like, I listen to you. I'm, like, inspired. And it just gives me hope that, like, we can do it for ourselves. We are mm-hmm. doing it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. We can continue to do it for ourselves. And that, like, we have more and more representation of our brilliance out there. So, that's my last call. Where can the people follow you on the internet? So, um, on the internet. All right. You can follow me at MattJL. That's on Twitter. Um, at JM Lassiter, L A S S I T R, PhD. All right. On Instagram. And you can go to my website, um, www.jonathanm, as in Matthias, that's my middle name, Lassiter, L A S S I T R dot com. JonathanM Lassiter dot com. And the book, again, is Black LGBT Health in the United States. Um, it's $33 on Amazon. Work. <clears throat> the only wall that we respect is the one that Sinead made Pam sing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you guys so much for listening to the show. What? I love that. Yes. <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening to the show. Um, follow us on the internet at hereforwardpod and hereforwardpod.com. See y'all next week. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye.